Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back, my delusional daters, to the Brutal Podcast, the podcast where we're brutally honest because honestly, it's brutal out there. This week, we are joined by absolutely no one because we had a lot of really good questions come in this week through TikTok, through the Linktree form. Feel free to use the Linktree form if you have any questions or you want to submit something for brutally honest feedback um, or just email us, podcastbrutal at gmail.com. So yeah, doing a little repeat of what we did a few episodes ago where I basically just went through and answered your questions the entire time. I had fun, um, myself and I, so hopefully you guys did too. <laughs> but before we get started, um, a little housekeeping this week. It is it is cuffing season, and this really only applies in the Northern Hemisphere, but it is getting cold. It's getting chilly. Um, it's getting hard to motivate yourself to put on, you know, your little outfit and go to the bar. Um... And I feel like during cuffing season, people just tend to settle. They settle in because it's cold. They need to be cozy. Like, I get it. You need some comfort. Maybe you need like a little cuffing season boyfriend. But I'm just saying, don't let your crappy cuffing season boyfriend prevent you from meeting your husband. The other item that I wanted to ask you about is some new topics. So I feel like, you know, I started this podcast with the intention of talking about a variety of topics with brutal honesty and because many of us are mostly Delulu when it comes to dating I feel like that's what we end up talking about the most and I do want to keep talking about that a lot but I would also love to talk about some other topics because I frankly feel like we're talking about a lot of the same stuff over and over again I don't want you guys to get bored so I would love to talk about friendships like I know I made a few TikToks about that this week and you guys seem to like it just like comment, let me know what you think. Let me know like other topics you'd like like brutal honesty on, whether that's just like dealing with difficult people, like having like friendship issues or questions, just really, I mean like work, literally whatever, but just let me know because we'll always talk about dating because there's just like a wealth of delusional delusionality that we, that we hear, but it might be fun. <laughs> it might be fun and sexy to sprinkle in some other topics as well. So yeah, reach out. You know how, just let me know. Okay, and without further ado, let's get right into it. So this was a really good question that we got via email. The listener writes, I have put off dating for so long, parentheses, 10 years since I had an official boyfriend, and I hate going on dating apps and feel like I don't like where I'm at with my body to start dating again. Should I wait until I'm happier with myself or should I just dive in? And how should I dive in when it's been so long? Wow, such a, okay, great question. So much to unpack here. I feel like all of us can relate to this at some point or another just like not feeling like yourself or not feeling confident or getting back into dating after not dating for a long time. So this, ha- it contains multitudes. The first question, like, should I wait until I'm happier with myself or should I just date now? I do feel the need to be brutally honest about the fact that when you're not feeling confident in yourself, whether that's like your body or, you know, any other thing about yourself, honestly, you're not going to make good decisions when dating a lot of the time you're going to be more inclined to settle. You're going to be more inclined to like be down on yourself. You know, if you're not feeling good about yourself and like, God forbid, someone should like reject you or like not text you after a date or any number of things, like you're going to blame yourself instead of, you know, when you're more like self-possessed and self-confident, rejection just kind of like rolls off you a little bit easier. Basically, I do feel like it's really important to be able to like like yourself enough that you don't care if somebody else doesn't like you. Not only that, but I I do genuinely think when you're feeling more confident in yourself, you're going to have better luck when dating because you're going to just be giving off more of like a like a happy, positive, you know, like confident, feeling good about yourself vibe. And that's something that other people want to be around. 
so I don't want to tell you like, no, don't do any dating until you whatever, like get your body where you want it to be or like feel as confident as you like need to feel like you don't need to be a hundred percent, but maybe like take a little break. Maybe, maybe like give yourself a couple of months off to like get your affairs in order and like get your confidence back to where you would like it to be, or maybe even just like halfway there. I think it's okay to like take time off to like work on yourself a little bit. When I moved back from Texas after like six years, I was living with my parents for a little while while I was looking for an apartment. And it was just kind of a time where I was like, I like it was emotionally traumatic to like leave Texas after six years because like I had lived there for my entire 20s. Like I left all my friends like I was coming back to like New York, like where I knew people. But it was still, you know, it was traumatic. And I was not feeling like as confident as I would usually feel. And so I just gave myself time to like, I like got back in the gym every single day. I was like trying to eat foods that make me feel mentally good. I was trying to like do everything I could to kind of get back to like, just get back to neutral, right? You don't need to like think you're the hottest shit on planet earth, but like just get back to neutral. And I don't want this advice to come off to say like, oh, you need to lose weight before you can date because that's not really what it's about. For me, like when I am straight up, like because you asked about body, like I'll just say it when I'm working out and I'm eating foods that make me feel mentally good, even if I'm not like losing weight or like looking super ripped, just mentally what that does for me, like the endorphins, like the positivity that comes from like, you know, treating your body well, it, it really does help contribute to confidence. So I always recommend that. Maybe you can like take some time for yourself, get to like halfway where you need to be and then like try to dive into dating again once you're like there. Just because I think dating is going to be like a better experience for you if you are feeling like somewhat more confident than you are now. And I also, this is very important, I wouldn't think of it as like, oh, I'm like, I'm getting back into shape so that I can like, you know, do better while dating or like I'm getting my confidence back so I can have a better time when I'm dating. You should be getting your confidence back because it's, you know, key to be confident in a nice way and like self-possessed to have like a happy life. Basically, you want to be able to feel good like with or without a partner. Um, and a lot of that just comes from within and from like being good with yourself, like being happy with, you know, yourself, who you are, like no matter what, whether you're alone or not. And then your second question, how should I dive back into dating if it's been, you said it's been 10 years since you had a boyfriend. I don't know how long it's been since you like went on a date or whatever. Things are like obviously crazy with dating apps. Um, maybe, you know, maybe try to do like one date a week. That sounds like a lot, but, you know, it's a good place to start. You could also just do inbound leads only. Um, <laughs> what I mean by inbound leads only is like have a profile. Like if you're, let's say it's like Hinge, right? Like have a profile see who sends you likes and then like match with them if you like them and if you don't then don't and then let them like message you first or like let them ask you out like don't push it to happen that could be a good way to dip your toe and also like by doing that you ensure that you're really only going to meet up with people who like clearly really want to meet you if they like they sent you a like they match with you they kind of make the plan like let you know don't be afraid to like just let them do a little bit of the work you don't have to suffer this is also going to sound really silly, but if you're diving back into dating after a really long time, I think a good thing to do is get yourself like get yourself like two or three new outfits <laughs> that you like and that you would feel comfortable in like outfits that you're like, I look hot, but I also feel comfortable and I could like sit in this on a date for a couple hours with a stranger and not be like fidgeting and uncomfortable the whole time. It takes a lot of the like pain out of the process if you just like have an easy outfit you can grab out of your closet. And last, like maybe get a little haircut, like maybe go to like Sephora and just tell them to like go ham. Be like, give me like a natural look and like see what they do. 
maybe you like it maybe like having a couple new things that you do makeup wise will like help you have a little bit more confidence who knows be like be delusional in a good way be like I'm the pretty princess like I'm getting I'm getting back on the market you know like I'm gonna doll myself up I'm gonna have a fun time I'm gonna let people take me out like don't don't feel like you have to like oh like I have to go set up dates I have to do work I have to suffer like no work on being like the best you know most attractive version of yourself inside and out that you can be and then like let people come to you and see what happens from there I realize this answer was very long-winded but I hope it was helpful and good luck you're gonna do amazing Okay, the second question that we got, someone commented, what's the deal with actually hanging out with someone you're interested in but have only hung out with in groups? I feel like modern day communication is so different. DMing is not it. I can never get a read and I don't want to pursue hanging if it's not desired. Oh, sister. Please do not DM him. Do not message him. Do not pursue. Truly, like, if okay, when you're hanging out with a guy in a group it's it's like possibly the easiest most low barrier to entry time where if he was interested in you he can he could easily like make an excuse and like ask you to hang out one-on-one if you've been hanging out in a group and he hasn't like dm'd you or asked for your number or like made some sort of excuse to like do something separate from the group y'all are just friends he just wants to be friends he's not into you in that way if you throw yourself at him he'll probably hook up with you but he's gonna date you or he's quote unquote shy. He's like one of those shy guys, um, meaning that he will then be shy later on about like everything else that's important in the relationship. And then you'll end up doing all the work. So like if you're down for that, that's fine. But I would not recommend it. I feel like it's unnecessary suffering. Please trust like if you guys are mutual friends and you're hanging in a group, if he wanted to, he would contact you. He would find a way to kind of like get you alone. Like I've seen this so many times myself, my girlfriend's like, when the guy is interested they figure it out you don't need to give him like a special signal like you can be friendly when you see him in the group and like smile and be nice and say hi but like don't push it see if he comes to you okay another question we got this week via tiktok what if i ruined things with him and it's totally my fault how do i make peace with that i didn't cheat i was just super toxic and non-committal but i realized and i changed but i guess it was too late but he won't take me back all right what does this even mean you were toxic and non-committal like i feel like these fucking buzzwords get thrown around every three seconds these days and it's like everyone's toxic everyone's this everyone's a gaslighter everyone's that was like shut up girl sorry (laughs) not you to literally shut up but like it's too much also sounds like he is probably feeding you that line he's telling you like oh you're toxic and non-committal and now you think that about yourself and you're feeding it back to me but let's say you really are toxic and you were non-committal like okay you know like sometimes you fuck up you got to admit it you have to accept it you need to accept the consequences of your actions if things are over with this guy and he will not take you back do not waste your life begging him to there are plenty of fish in the sea if you fucked up and things are fucked up beyond repair which it sounds like they are you gotta let it go there is no one on this planet who is truly worth like begging on your knees for them to take you back i promise you there's not and if I had to guess, like if I, this is just a wild ass guess, but if I had to guess, he loves the groveling. And even if he doesn't, it's like it puts you in this position where let's say it were to work out and like you were to grovel enough and like you guys were to get back together and like be a thing. You would always be in this position of like it just it's a bad dynamic. It's a position where like you're at his mercy or like you had to beg for him back. So you must always be on your best, most perfect behavior. It's just like a bad dynamic. It's like the damage is done. It's the same thing when like basically when anyone like cheats and then they get back together, the person who cheated and like begged to get back together, 
they're always at like a like a disadvantage basically not a disadvantage but it's like they're always in this position where like the other person it's like it may be officially on paper like okay I've forgiven you okay I've moved on but like I very rarely feel like I see relationships where the other person who was cheated on actually has moved on and like doesn't even think about it at all a tiny bit like those are the exception most of the time it ends up not working out even if they don't cheat again just because the dynamic of the relationship is off now one person feels like they quote unquote like owe the other person some sort of like penance or some sort of debt sometimes like the damage is done so sounds like that's the case here also by the way like guys I can see I can see your profile when you ask me these questions um and the person who wrote this is like drop dead stunning gorgeous you need to like learn from this experience you need to maybe do a little bit of therapy therapy figure out you know why you have issues with commitment if that is even indeed truly the case and move forward and move on because I'm sure you have a lot of options as a stunning, gorgeous, beautiful woman that you are. And hopefully you can learn from this experience and in the future you can, you know, meet someone and ha- start like fresh and have a relationship where you're on a nice, even playing field. Another question that we got via email. My boyfriend doesn't want to move in together after almost two years, even though he wants me to move cities slash states with him. He just wants to get apartments nearby each other. I could really use some advice on this, even though I think it might be hard to hear. Well, you have come to the right place. You know, first of all, you're very brave for writing in because you know I'm going to tell you. Second of all, I think, you know, your email says it all. You know that you probably need to be told what's up here. I think you already know what's going on. Maybe there are other people in your life who are telling you what they think and maybe you agree with them and maybe you just need me or, you know, a third party to confirm. This is a very tough situation. This is a very heartbreaking situation. You've been with this guy for two years. That's two years of your life. And he wants you to make this huge move for him, this huge investment, this huge life change to move cities and states to be with him so that y'all can just continue casually dating. This is a guy who is after two years of dating you, he's on the fence about you because he doesn't feel sure enough about the future of the relationship to even commit to just living together in the new city and state that you are moving to for him. He literally just wants you to come along as like his little accessory so that you can continue to casually date while he figures out how he feels about you. And I wish I I wish I had more information. I don't know how old you guys are, but honestly, I would not move for this guy. I, I would break up. This is bad. I read this email. My heart like sank to the ground like something is wrong. After two years, like if you're both like adults, like you're not in college, you know what I mean? Like you should know he should he should at least know that he like whether he sees a long-term future with you or not it's almost like he wants you to come and like get your own apartment near him so that like if it doesn't work out like he won't even have to deal with like the logistical hassle of like of like splitting up the belongings like moving out it's like ugh. and like I'll tell you one thing and I hate to even say this in the podcast but it's like I know people who did this like I know girls where the boyfriend was like had to move all the time for his job it was always about him every you know year two years he's moving here he's moving there oh now it's grad school now it's this now it's that they're dating for a billion years she moves for him over and over you know I actually know like three different couples where this happened um and like it was the same thing they didn't want to live together the guy didn't want to live together you know she moves for him and she goes along with him finally she kind of bullies him into moving in together then like okay finally like after you know a billion years they're getting engaged It was like, okay, congrats, like you stuck around long enough and they guilted him into it. Like, couldn't be me. 
and, and shouldn't be you either. I just don't. And I'm not saying that like I can't predict the future. I don't know that that's the path this would go down if you were to move with this guy. But it's like the whole time I'm just thinking to myself, like, what is so what could possibly be so special about that unlike completely irreplaceable about these guys that these women would be chasing them across the country in various directions for years, like just to be with them? To me, like a guy could be quote unquote, like the biggest catch in the world. Like he could have every single thing that I'm looking for. But if he doesn't like love me in that way, and like if he doesn't, if I had to like bully him into, you know, being together, getting engaged, living together, like getting married, any of that, then he's not the catch that you think he is. No amazing catch is such a great catch if you have to beg for them to like love you properly. I'll give you another example. By contrast, you know, I have a friend. She meets this guy. They hit it off right away. You know, they date for a year and a half. He brings up moving in together. He, She was like, I don't know. I want to wait another year. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. He's like begging her to move in. Just wants to be with her, you know? Finally, like she, she's ready. She agrees. They move in. They're very happy. Everything's going well. He immediately starts bringing up like, okay, like let's go look at some rings. Like let's talk about like a timeline, you know, talks to her parents. Like they're engaged within a year of moving in together. And I'm not saying that that's the timeline that every relationship has to go on. But what I'm saying is that the common thread in every single relationship that I would ever want to like emulate that I see around me and my friends or family is that they were sure about each other right away. They may not have known like, oh, they're the one or like we're going to get married or whatever, like right away, but they were sure about each other. And if at two years, like a life changing move like this had come up, they would have been like in it together. The unspoken thing that's not being said when he says like, let's live separately, even though I want you to move and make this life changing decision for me, is that he wants to be able to opt out if needed, if it doesn't work out, if he changes his mind. He wants you to take this huge risk for him to like uproot your life and like move away, but he's refusing to offer you really any assurances about the future of the relationship. And I know this is like traumatizing and it's very hard and like you've been together for two years. I fully understand how you feel and like I don't talk about my exes on this podcast, but like I was in a very similar situation once, not with like moving in or moving across the country or anything like that, but like where I dated someone for a long time and I saw a future with them and then something occurred where I was like, oh my God, like, oh, it just showed me like they were not ride or die for me. They were kind of like, meh, like I might see a future with you. I might not. And I kind of feel like that's how this guy is being. He's like, yeah, you know, come if you want, but like we can't, we're not going to live together. Like you'd have to get your own place like fucking brutal like you're together for two years this is what he does like ugh, my god I really feel for you I know how it feels and it's horrible I think the reason you're writing in and you know I think you know like the reason you're writing in is because you need it to be confirmed and it's because it's very hard to end a relationship with someone after that many years that much time especially depending on how old you are but like I truly mean this like no matter how much it hurts like the heartbreak of like breaking up of ending the relationship of like being single again of like getting fucking back on the apps and like seeing all the same people from when you were single two years ago like none of that hurts as deep or as bad as being in a relationship with a guy who is like meh about you or where you feel like he's just on the fence or like you're like I wonder if I just did this he'd be all in. You will literally be happier alone than in that kind of situation. I think you know what you have to do. You got to make your decision and you got to be strong and stick to it and not be talked out of it. 
you are so impressive and doing amazing for even, you know, questioning this or even considering it because most people are, you know, they would have been like, okay, no problem. And like moved out there because like, they're so desperate to like be with someone rather than be alone that they'll like take any amount of like disrespect or like someone showing that they're like meh about them. So be proud of yourself. Stay confident in yourself. Like you can and will meet someone who will not be mad about you. They will not be on the fence about you. They will see you for the amazing person that you are, no doubt, because you listen to this podcast. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Sorry. And they will make you they will make you realize that you don't need to be in a relationship where you have these kinds of questions. This is a tough one, and I'm sorry to be brutal, but as my dad always says, a friend tells it like it is. And then the last question that we got um, from TikTok is why do other women push you to settle for men that don't meet your standards? I'm so tired of being told that I'm quote unquote too picky. God, an amazing question, an important question. It's because misery loves company. No, I'm sorry. It's because of internalized misogyny. Like these women who get into these relationships, like you'll see on TikTok, people literally, I saw a video yesterday instead of this woman who made a video of herself talking about how her husband leaves like shit stains in the toilet for her to clean. You know, there's other videos you see of women being like, I can't leave my husband alone with the kids for like more than like a couple of hours. And it's like, they're his children as well, girl. Like what? A lot of women, a lot of women have been brainwashed since birth to believe that they are not worth anything unless they have a man. They are brainwashed to believe that they cannot be happy, their life cannot be full, you know, et cetera, if they are not like with a man. And so they settle. They settle for guys who are not good husbands to them, are not good partners to them, are not good fathers to their children because they believe that they need to achieve marriage or achieve a relationship with a man, whatever, at any cost. And usually it's at the cost of their dignity, like their time, their self-respect, their career, their happiness, their autonomy. And it's like, yeah, girl, you got a marriage, you got a husband, but like at what cost? I always joke about this, but it's like, you know, people are like, act like marriage is some sort of like achievement. And it's like, no, a good marriage is an achievement. So these women, like, you know, people make jokes and they're like, why is it that like these women in these shitty relationships or these shitty marriages are like pressuring me to like settle and it's because misery loves company like they want you to be unhappy too and it's like maybe on some some, some excuse me bleh, some subconscious level but I actually just think it's because they truly believe like you can only be happy if you get married you can only be fulfilled if you get married or like have a man or whatever and so it's like in some sick way they think they're like helping you like they think that you know they want the best for you and like if you just like stop being so picky, like then you'll meet a man when they fail to realize that like if they had been a little bit more picky, like maybe they wouldn't be cleaning some dude's shit stains out of the toilet, even though he's a grown adult and he can use a toilet brush. It's honestly, it's tragic. Like I feel bad for them. Just ignore them, like have empathy for them, but ignore them. Honestly, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Okay. And then the last question we got this week was a really good one. If you could go back in time and tell your 22-year-old self something you wish you knew about life and or dating that would have saved you a lot of trouble, what would you say? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to try to pick three things. Let me start by saying there is no cheat code. Like, you got to go through it to get to it. And what I mean by that is like, even if I tell you all this stuff and like, let's say you're listening and you're 22 and like, I tell you all of this, it you almost have to like live it to understand it or believe it, I guess. 
unless you like have the ability to take the advice of older people and like truly live it, which I certainly did not have the ability to do when I was 22 because I was an idiot. Uh, Still am. But I'm going to tell it to you either way because I wish somebody did it for me. The first thing, so number one would be when someone treats you badly or disrespects you, the reason why doesn't matter. Like their attachment style doesn't matter. Their childhood trauma doesn't matter. Their, you know, inner child, like whatever whatever you need to like tell yourself is the reason why they are treating you like shit or disrespecting you. It's fine to come up with that reason. It's fine to search for that reason. But ultimately, the reason doesn't matter. What matters is how they treat you and that you get away from them as soon as possible. I think when someone like hurts us, we want to find reasons why. We want to find explanations. But unfortunately, a lot of times that turns into us making excuses for other people. It's something that I feel like I did for years. Like everybody I knew did it for a long, long time for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. It was like, oh, well, like he's like this because his parents got divorced. And so, of course, he can't commit to me or he cheats on me. Or like, oh, she's a bad friend and she's mean to me because like she had a tough time with friends growing up. And it's like at the end of the day, like no explanation makes unacceptable behavior acceptable. You have one life. You literally get one life and you do not have to spend it suffering in the company of people who treat you like shit or people who make you feel like shit. So I'll say it again. When someone treats you like shit or disrespects you, the reason why doesn't matter. Just get away from them. The second thing I wish I knew when I was 22 is a friend is someone who makes you feel good. And this sounds so incredibly simple, but I do feel like during your 20s, you have so many like, you know, your life is changing so much, whether it's like where you're living or your job or, you know, your friend circle, especially. And a lot of things just feel really unstable. And so I think a lot of times like you end up having these friendships that are sort of maybe unhealthy in some ways or they're people that you're sort of like clinging to because it's a weird time for everyone and like you just need a pal or you need someone to hang out with or do stuff with or party with or whatever and once in a while like that leads to you know friends quote unquote entering your life who honestly may not be good friends to you so when I say that a friend is someone who makes you feel good friends are people that you get to choose so like It's not like family where like you're stuck with them pretty much. No offense to family. Love them. But like, you know, you're stuck. Um, You don't get to pick your family. You do get to pick your friends. So a friend is someone where like when you're with them, you should be having a fun time. You should feel good. You should be enjoying yourself. Um, They should be someone that doesn't make you feel bad about yourself, doesn't make passive aggressive comments, doesn't put you down subtly, isn't like jealous of you and using that against you. They should be someone where you add to each other's lives in a positive way. If any of those things aren't there, what are you doing? You do not have to be friends with anyone. If there's someone that like you can't get out of your life or can never escape for some reason, you can be cordial with them, but don't give them access to you. Like don't give them further access. Understand that there are some friends that are like besties, like lifelong friends, like really close friends. And then there are some friends that are going to be more like acquaintances or they're going to be more like, you know, people that it's better to keep in like kind of a further away from you orbit. But there are also going to be people that masquerade as as friends for whatever reason. But they're really not. They're not a friend because a friend is someone who makes you feel good. So just keep that in mind. If you're ever confused about whether someone is like a good friend to you or not, or you're questioning the friendship, a friend is someone who makes you feel good. 
The third thing that I wish desperately that I knew when I was 22 is that it's not your job to fix or change people. And again, that applies to so many kinds of interpersonal relationships. At the end of the day, people only change because they want to and because they work on themselves, not because someone else comes into their life and like magically fixes them or finally convinces them. And I can say this as someone who, you know, went through a huge major personal change, right, which is like I quit drinking when I was 27. I had been thinking about it for many years. Many people, many people during that time had said something to me or tried to like change me or tried to get me to do things differently. And I was stubborn and it was never going to work. I had to come to the decision to change on my own. Nobody else was going to be able to change me. Nobody else was going to be able to quote unquote fix me. And if they had tried, they would have failed. And that applies to every single other person that me or my friends tried to change during our early 20s, you know, whether that was guys or like shitty friends or whoever. It's not your job. It's not your job to fix people or change people. If there's something that they need to work on, they got to work on it themselves. And you need to leave them alone until they do that. Let's say you're dating a guy or you're in some sort of romantic entanglement with a guy and you like a lot of stuff about him, but there's just this one big issue, but you know you can fix him. Like, you know you can change it. Like, you know if you just wait long enough and like work with him and maybe go to therapy with him and do all these things for him and like be the perfect girlfriend, like then he'll change. Surely then he'll step up. Absolutely not. And you're wasting your life and you're wasting precious hours of your time, your one life on this God's green earth trying to fix someone who needs to fix themselves and who may never change and they may never be fixed and that's not on you. You need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on being the best person that you can be, treating others the way that you would like to be treated, being respectful, being caring, being a good friend, being a good partner, being a good son, daughter, whatever. And then look for people who are done cooking for lack of a better term a lot of people during their 20s like they still need time in the oven like they're not fully cooked yet and it's like it's just going to take time it's just going to take time for them to finish cooking and when they're done they'll be great but you can't make it happen any faster than it's going to and it may not happen at all so don't waste your time or your life like trying to fix or change people who need to do it for themselves those are my big three things and those were like super serious so I'll give you a fourth bonus one which is like you got to enjoy the ride. You've got to live it up. You have to have fun. You have to like your 20s, your early 20s, especially it's chaotic and like it's scary and everyone's confused and it's weird and like you don't know what's going on and you don't know who you are and you don't know where your life is going maybe. But like that's the beauty of it. Do your best, but you have to enjoy it. Take a couple of risks, like push yourself a little bit. Meet as many people as you can. Go as many places as you can. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not be perfect as long as you learn from them. If you're self-aware enough to even be asking, you know, what are the things you wish you knew when you were 22, then you're probably doing way better than I was at that time. So cheers. You're doing great. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for. Um, I'm honestly just sick of the sound of my own voice and probably you are too. My vocal fry is out of control and my up talk. I have to stop doing up talk. I need to make statements. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Brutal Pod. And don't forget to send in your questions for next week to podcastbrutal at gmail.com or you can fill out the link tree form anonymously. Comment on my TikTok, comment on my Instagram, DM me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me, whatever you want to do. Send them in. Um, And thanks, guys. Love you. Okay, bye.